Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome everyone to the Nine Points Podcast. I'm your host, BH. Whomever and wherever you happen to be, we want to thank you for tuning in. It is our belief here at the Nine Points Podcast that humble and courageous individuals make up healthy families, which make up healthy communities, which finally gives us a healthier world to live in. We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God and is read as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We at the Nine Points Podcast try to promote these principles by encouraging one another to apply the fruit of the Spirit within the closest relationships that make up our inner circles. In time, when these principles mature, the culture within our inner circles will promote the kind of compassionate leadership that we will need for the challenges that we will undoubtedly face in the future. Today's show will include two segments. The opening word, I'm just going to say, I'll call that one the walk. Then next, during Z time, the second segment, which I haven't even told them what it's going to be about, I'm going to talk to my teenagers about the concept of marriage. They have no idea what's coming. So you're going to learn in real time the same time I do what they think about marriage. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to give them a hard time. Um, so it's, it's, I expect to have some fun with that. But um, this first segment, I want to say, I'm going to call it the walk. And I'll just give you a little, little history. A few years ago, I got a book and I completed this thing called the one year Bible. And the one year Bible was, um, it's a book that breaks up different a certain amount of scripture every day and if you do it then you get to you can say honestly that you've read the entire bible and that worked for me because it was hard for me to just read from cover to cover uh, but the one year bible let me see it was the first segment was something from the old testament second section was always psalms third one was something from the new testament and then the fourth section was always a proverb. So, like I said, I read it. I did it a couple of years ago. And when I went through most of the days, I had, had did commentary for the days that I read. 
Um, and what I've been doing the last couple of years, actually, are on those days that I didn't write a commentary. I was going back and rereading those and I was doing commentary and saving them as backup, you know, for the one year Bible. But anyway, um, today I went back and was looking at December the 30th and December the 30th, the, the um, scripture, the first segment was Malachi and it was Malachi chapters one and two. And what I'm going to talk to you about, I'm going to start off with Malachi chapter two, and I'm just going to read word for word. I'm going to read the scripture and then I'm going to read the commentary that I put in the scripture. And then I'll just have like a closing couple of words after that. So this again, this is Malachi chapter two and Malachi. This is the message that the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi. I'm about to read chapter two and it looks like I'm going to read the first. What is it? Three. Uh, the first seven, the first seven verses, Malachi chapter two. A warning to the priests. Listen, you priests, this command is for you. Listen to me and make up your minds to honor my name says the Lord of heaven's armies, or I will bring a terrible curse against you. I will curse even the blessings you receive. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you have not taken my warning to heart. I will punish your descendants and splatter your faces with the manure from the festival sacrifices, and I will throw you on the manure pile. Then at last you will know that it is I that it was I who sent you this warning so that my covenant with the Levites can continue, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace, and that is what I gave them. This required reverence from them, and they greatly revered me and stood in awe of my name. They passed on to the people the truth of the instructions they received from me. They did not lie or cheat. They walked with me, living good and righteous lives, and they turned many from lives of sin. The words of a priest's lips should preserve knowledge of God, and people should go to him for instruction. For the priest is the messenger of the Lord of heaven's armies. But you priests have left God's paths. Your instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So I have made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all the people. For you have not obeyed me, but have shown favoritism in the way you carry out the instructions. So this is the commentary that I put. That was the first what, nine, ten, first nine um, verses of chapter two. And this was the commentary. This was what, what I decided to put after that. The Levites were the people chosen to minister to the world. They were chosen to dedicate themselves to studying, obeying, modeling, and teaching others what God would have them to do. When people are appointed by God to do specific things at specific times, the consequences of not doing them can have unimaginably bad consequences later on. Looks like I used the word consequences twice. Anyway, 
An analogy just popped in my mind. Family leaders are like leaders of a caravan traveling into less familiar territory. Imagine a person leading a caravan that takes a wrong turn. That person might think that they're taking a shortcut because they remember that another road is available to get the people where they need to go in less time. But if that person leading the caravan gets off of the path that is appointed for them at that particular time, they might lead everyone into a dead end. That person leading the caravan could accidentally lead lots of innocent people who are trusting in them to do the right thing into a place full of improvised explosive devices and armed hostiles waiting to pick off any survivor that might try to get out of the flame engulfed vehicles. A priest or teacher who is called upon to do something specific must be strikingly obedient to the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, they can accidentally misuse their talents to the detriment of themselves and a whole lot of innocent people for years and years to come. I would suggest that most people who are serious about serving God make a lot of honest and subtle mistakes more frequently than blatant ones. But I also have to tell the inconvenient truth, and that's the fact that we can do both. Sometimes I make choices that are not completely selfless and pure without the slightest awareness of how it can impact the future. When enough people use the fruit of the spirit, their ministry can replace the temporary peace and temporary satisfaction offered by the world leaders with the timeless peace offered by the kingdom of God. Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control are sustainable within the body of Christ. This world of flesh and blood tries to make us stay committed to customs that promote fear, shame, violence, and isolation. The fruit of the Spirit does not use any of these tools to keep us committed to following them. We have to choose them willingly and repeatedly because we're really, we really never know if our little shortcuts here or there will have bad consequences down the road. Also, since these fruits are from God's nature and not from man's nature, we may hesitate during trying times to actually use them or apply them. This is why we need patient, loving, nurturing, and courageous fellowship with one another, regardless of the superficial things that might seem to make us different. So, like I said, that was just some commentary from Malachi chapter two, after reading the first several um, scriptures, the first several verses. That's what popped into my mind. That was what God put on my heart and the commentary that I wrote based because that's what was uh, what popped in my brain. You have the opportunity to read the Bible yourself. You have the opportunity to talk to people that you trust. You have the people to um, talk to several people that know a lot more about the Bible than than the average person. And if you want, you can weigh the evidence of what they tell you on how to interpret certain things. One thing I love about the Bible, though, is 
is God's word. And whoever you are, wherever you are, you have the chance to read it. You have a chance to make it a priority and you have a chance to to learn from it, even though the it was written a long time ago. And if you read it today, it can speak to your heart and you can act on it. And then later on in life, when you have been seasoned with new experiences, you can read the same scripture and it can inspire you to get even closer to God because it'll help you to see things that you didn't see before. So I say all that to say what I just shared, what it what those verses inspired me to think about. And it's, um, you know, just made me think about is really, really important that we re- realize that the things that we do might seem like it's a good idea, might seem like I know where, I, where I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go and how I'm supposed to, to do it. But in this particular situation, I'll improvise. It's dangerous to do that. I do it. I'm not I'm not telling anybody that you should never do it. I'm telling you that it's dangerous. I do things that are dangerous, but I wouldn't go out of my way to tell somebody else to do something dangerous. It's like if I'm a, if I'm an expert, if I'm a counselor, which, you know, if I'm if I'm doing counseling and somebody comes to me because they have trouble with an adolescent. People don't come to a counselor to figure out how to whoop their kids. People come to a counselor because they want to figure out how they can reach their kids, how they can reach each other and so that they can be supportive. That's what that's what the word of God is for us. He knows that we're going to go through some stuff. We're going to go through things and everything is not going to be easy if we stick with the Bible, if we strive with everything in our might to do what he says we ought to do in a given situation. But his way is better than what we think in any given moment, because we are we as human beings in a temporary body with temporary health, with temporary um, securities are always prone to misjudgments. So before we close this segment and transition to Z time, let's look at how this analogy applies to our responsibilities as family elders. A family elder in the immediate family means the parents, but in the bigger extended family, family elders are aunts, uncles, grandparents, and cousins who don't exploit each other, or they don't exploit other people or deny knowing God. As an elder, my example carries as much weight as my words. The reason that my example matters so much is because as an elder, I spend time telling people to deny their immediate impulses for the sake of the bigger picture in the future. As an elder, I get the first opportunity to set an example for other people to follow through good and bad times, which means if I grumble, complain, or flat out refuse to walk the righteous path with courage, integrity, and intelligence, then I'm leaving it on the shoulders of the people coming after me. In Luke chapter 12, verse 28, you hear from everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required and to whom they entrusted and and to whom they entrust much, they will require and demand all the more. If I do not want a school teacher or law enforcement officer 
to slap the fire out of my child when they're cutting up, then neither should I. I can't humiliate my child, my niece or my nephew for messing up and then try to hide behind, hey, that's just how I am or, well, that's how I was raised and then get mad when somebody that I don't know does the same thing to them. The Bible is clear that parents should discipline their children. But if you don't feel comfortable with somebody else doing it, then is what you is what you're doing really discipline. The way that I talk reflects where I've come from and where I intend to go. So if I want my children, nieces and nephews to resist being smart aleck, then I need to stop being condescending and crude when I'm trying to be serious. Remember the analogy about the person leading a caravan and taking a shortcut. When you and I choose to improvise, it's like taking a shortcut at night, in bad weather, and in an unfamiliar land without a GPS. In the end, I might get to where I need to go, but I shouldn't make a habit of improvising. Plus, why should I? Why would I even consider improvising? The one who created the road has already told me the best way to get there. So I hope that hope that you're able to think about this. I hope that you're able to uh, enjoy enjoy what we just what I just shared and um, hopefully it'll help you to you know get closer, get closer to God, get closer to and embrace uh, the responsibilities that come with setting the example. I'm sitting here as a person that wants to set the example and to be taught, you know, I don't know everything, but if I, if the Bible says that I should make it, make it a habit of being comfortable with love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, then that's what I need to do. If somebody is put, has pushed my button and I feel like responding in an ugly way, the fruit of the spirit says, if you do these things, there's no there's there's no law against it. If you do these things enough, then you can create the kind of culture around you that can expect that this is what strength is supposed to look like. This is what compassion is supposed to look like. This is what it takes sometimes to replace the shortcuts that can get us by with our buddies and um, and get us help us to survive in dangerous situations here and there, but not really understand how we got in that bad situation to begin with. The fruit of the spirit is what God calls on us to use. And we definitely need to apply these principles with our families. So this is it's been 18 minutes. This is the end of segment one. And when I return, I'll be bringing the teenagers in so that we can talk marriage with Generation Z. That's going to be fun. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chasing rock, built in the day when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not 
to the place for which our Father sighed. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Out with our gloomy past till now we stand at last. Where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. All right, everybody, welcome back. I'm here with an entirely new energy right now. I'm flanked to my left and my right by Z folks. I'm going to just say Z folks because my man to my right doesn't like hearing something that I won't even say out loud because I don't want to upset him. But this is Z time. And to my right, I'm flanked by King. What's up, King? Hello, people. And then to my left is Newbie. Hi, Newbie. Howdy, howdy. Boy, you just got so much fire and energy. Say it like you mean it. Howdy, howdy. All right, all right. I got, I got a question for y'all. I'm gonna, I want to talk to y'all about something that's, it's serious business, and it's not something that I, it's not something that's a mystery to you. But I've never, I can't remember having a serious conversation with you guys about it, and that thing is marriage newbie what do you when i say marriage what do you think about what are some of the things that come to your mind when you spend the rest of your life with the loving boy or loving girl that you love a lot what do you think about if you hear the word marriage what do you think of king in short answer it's when a it's when a male gets together with a female most of the time but by long answer it goes much deeper than that when you're married or when you're plan on being married you have to have a really good relationship and you really have a lot of love and affection for each other and when you and when you unite together you could have a chance to start a family you're united as one flesh until death Okay. Okay. And you guys are both teenagers. Do you guys think that marriage is important? And I'm not going to judge you based on this answer. Just tell me if you think marriage is important. To me, it just depends on their, like someone's opinion. To me, it might just be because I'm young. But to me, it's like, unless you're determined to be with that person, I don't think marriage really matters that much in the 21st century. What about you, King? Marriage, if you, marriage is a choice. You, if you don't think you're, you have the right mind to be married, then don't do it. If you think so, or, or if you fall in love with a girl or a man that, that you've been out to with and you guys both love each other, then I don't see a problem with it. But it has to be healthy if you really want it to last for a long time. What do you think are some of the things that go into a healthy marriage? Um, a relationship that's stable and healthy. Um, what your parents and like your peers' thoughts about it, I guess, and their advice on it. 
that's all I can really, yeah. I'm asking you, what do you think is important in a marriage? In order, what qualities in a marriage would make it a healthy marriage? Well, lots of trust, some bonding, and agreement. And you, King? Yeah, for the same for the same reasons, and um, I'd also like to I'd also like to point out that um, well, I don't see any problem with asking asking their oh my gosh well if you have a question if you have like questions about something you can go to your parents and ask them what um i got nothing guys you're done okay well you guys are you guys are teenagers and I had thoughts about marriage when I was your age, and you guys know that your mom and I have been together for 19 years, going on 20 coming in May, and it's a lot of work. It's like, um, it's a lot of work, and it's very beautiful. You got to, well, for us, we had to really, really work at it, but and we had to work in ways that we didn't even think that it was possible for us to work. But because she was willing to um, change some things about herself, change some things about what she thought fair was, and, and because I was willing to change some things about what I thought fair was and change some of my habits, um, we have been able to stay married this long. And I can tell you that I've, there's been some things that I've been able to do um, by, you know, by the grace of God and, and hard work, you know, as far as career and away from your mom. But I can tell you that over the last 20 years of my life, everything that's beautiful in my life has been built off of and sprung from the relationship the marriage uh that that i've got that i've got with your mama um god in the midst of us and uh bringing us through things and revealing things to us and showing us who we really are not how we think we are but how we really are and letting us do it with each other so I think it's kind of curious. Neither one of y'all said God is important in a marriage. Y'all think you just uh, get dressed up and uh, look cute for for some pictures, and then God don't have anything else to do with it? Um, no, that is not what I was going for at all. Okay. It's always important to put God first in decisions. Okay. Do you think? Do you believe that God thinks that marriage is important, newbie? I think that God believes that marriage is important, yes. But if like the people that are getting married aren't religious, I don't think that um they should force themselves to put God in like in part of their relationship if they don't feel comfortable with it. I recommend it, but if they don't feel comfortable with it, then they don't have to. 
Okay. So one of the main reasons I asked this question is because you guys have buddies and peers and you'll have some close friends uh, in the years to come. And I think that it's important that you know in your mind what are some things, some qualities that you think are absolutely essential to be a good friend. Because if you don't have expectations of what a real friend is supposed to do in these situations and in all situations, then you kind of just fumble along through life and then you just kind of settle for somebody that seems all right and doesn't hurt you very much. I think it's important that at this age, you have an idea about what you want to what you want to live with and what you want to what kind of goals and what kind of lifestyle you want to have. And um, and I think it's important to just do that. And in marriage, you're definitely having a very significant relationship. So by asking you guys about marriage, this is my first chance to hear you guys um, kind of answer what you think about what goes into a good relationship what qualities a person needs to bring in order to be in a good relationship. What, um, anybody y'all got a question for me? We talking about marriage? It's marriage related. I'll have a question for you, dad. I mean, um, BH, do you think that God is important in like any sort of relationship? And if you do, can you explain why? Do I think that God is important in any kind of relationship? I think that God is important in every relationship. I think that recognizing God is key to getting the most out of our relationships because where there's love, there's God. So a person might go through parts of their life and assume that God isn't really paying very much attention to them. But just because we don't recognize God showing up in the ways that we expect, like if we walk into a room and hit a light switch, then everything in the room is just supposed to turn on because we say so. God don't always do that. So I feel like God is in every loving relationship. So if I love somebody, God is there. And it's in my best interest once I'm in that relationship to figure out what God thinks I should do while I'm in this relationship. That was a good question, though. Another question? I do have a question. I do have a few questions to ask you a little more after this, after this thing, because it wouldn't be appropriate for this. Wouldn't be appropriate to share with the whole wide world on the Internet. That's the judgment of my. 17-year-old son, growing into manhood, soon to be a graduate. That man. Do you have any other, any questions or comments, newbie? Um, all I can really say is watch out for March Madness, because, like, if you have a bracket, you better do your analytics stuff right now before it gets on out. Okay. And uh, if you guys didn't know, we... We reside and don't, I don't want to hear anybody say anything. This is me. Don't, no little chirping. 
we reside in Louisville, Kentucky, the most ravenous place for college basketball in the country. Um, There are a lot of rivalries, football, basketball, but uh, when it comes to watching basketball, um, Kentucky in general, this is a state that's crazy about college basketball. So my baby girl just said something about March Madness, and there's some truth to that. But anyway, um, I hope everybody enjoyed our show. We're coming up on 12 minutes. Please remember that wealth is supposed to be spent, but treasure is supposed to be shared. God bless you. Take out. Howdy, howdy. Have a good day. Howdy, howdy. I'm God of our weary years. God of our silences, thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we pray, lest our feet Stray from the places our God where we met thee. Lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand, may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land.